This is the Self-Taught or Not podcast with Dylan Israel and Eric Hanchett, where we teach you the do's and don'ts of software development from two software development professionals, one self-taught and one not. Uh, for those who don't know, I actually launched a course. It's been a busy uh, month or so as we've been, we released this podcast and we're recording some newer episodes, but I also released my 100 front-end interview questions challenge course to help prep you for those front-end technical screens. And oddly enough, it's a bestseller category in the front-end web development, so people are liking it quite a bit. You can check it out and get it for just 10 bucks uh, in the description below. So what are we talking about today, Dylan? Yeah, so today we're talking about the dream. That's really, that's, that's really what, how I like to put it. And um, so a part of the dream that I've been partaking in for a little bit, we're going to talk about working remotely. The, um, the good old fashioned, I can sit at home in my underwear and do my job sort of remote life. You know, relax, drink a beer, code all day. Maybe, like it. maybe not get drunk while you do it, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I would never do that. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've been working at startups too long, dude. That's, that's that startup life right there. Uh, but yeah, so I, um, I've been working actually, uh, so next week I actually start full remote up until then I was doing three days remote and I just did a video on the YouTube channel and I'm trying to find the PDF right now that I made for it. But naturally I'm not a very organized individual. I sort of shoot off from the hip. So, or I would have had this prepared before we started, but I did a, I hit some numbers of how much money I actually save. But yeah, so um, one cool thing about working remote is I, I sat down and I broke out the money aspect. So like everyone always talks about like the lifestyle and all that sort of stuff, but, and we'll, we'll talk about the, in this video, but I broke down the financials of how much money I save working remote just three days a week and uh on my you know not even counting time and it was close to six thousand dollars a year holy crap how did you do that so i i'll literally go through the numbers it might be a little hard to follow as where you don't have the pdf in front of you or the powerpoint but so my trip to work is 35 miles each way so that's 70 miles and then i said okay well what what can we say wear and tear is and gas and all that and so what i used for that was the tax amount that you can deduct, which is 54.5 cents per mile. I said, okay, well then I times it by three weekly, four monthly, and then you know 12 yearly. And so on a weekly basis is $114. On a monthly basis is 457. And then you calculated that up to a year, $6,024. And um, that's also factoring about uh, $42 a month in toll fees that I had to pay. And so, nice. yeah, yeah. yeah, so the, the money aspect is, I, I sort of broke it down piece by piece. And now, you know, that's three days remote for me, but every, everyone's going to be different. That's pretty good savings. Yeah. And then there's the, the time estimate. So like, I know one of the reasons I left California was that I hated traffic and I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and uh, so instead of just being miserable, I left California <laughs> instead of doing two hours of traffic. And so you start, I factor the time savings in where, if you broke down, uh, I got another $6,000 if you took an opportunity cost. Opportunity cost being like, so my base salary is one fifteen, and then it comes down to off of 2,000 working hours, not counting benefits, $57.50 an hour. And then you say, okay, I do an hour and a half of driving three days a week, which equates to 216 hours a year. 
And then, okay, well, how much is, so I'm, if you equate the, if you say, okay, well, I'm working 44.5 hours for the four, typical 40 hour work week with the driving for those three days, that I actually am losing $5.61 per hour on average, which you then do a daily cost for those days, then the weekly you end up to get to $6,462. So like if I'm able to make $5.61 per hour in the time I save, forget the fact that you know this is a sort of theoretical item, but that is how much it actually cost me in terms of lowering my hourly pay, which was an interesting thing to, to follow up on. This doesn't even reflect how much you're saving the environment, not releasing all that carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Yeah, no, I, that, none of my stats had anything to do with that. <laughs> this is all selfish money, like cash money, how much time. That was really the financial aspect. But that's a good point where, you know, it's hard. I, I tried carpooling with some colleagues of mine to save a few bucks and help the environment. But so as developers, we all... One of the interesting things about going from like a um, a job to a career is that oftentimes your hours, especially in software development, can if you want to come in early, you can come in early. You want to leave early, you can leave early. You want to come in late and stay late, you can stay late. And so it's it's much harder to almost carpool even if you want to. I'd, do you work remote at all, or have you ever worked remotely? Yeah. So right now I do something kind of kind of a little bit weird. It's I work out of our Reno office, but everybody in the company is in Austin. So we have like a remote Reno location. So about maybe one or two days a week, I might be at home. The other three days I'm in the remote office, which there's only four of us. So it feels almost like I'm working remote fully because we don't have our bosses there. It's just kind of a a desk and a few people there. So I, I consider myself more more of working remote. And I've definitely done the remote thing where I've traveled and then worked remotely. And and uh, so that, that's that's kind of the, how I, I deal with it. Yeah, and I know it's, for, it's so strange because a lot of, so more and more companies are being open to sort of partial remote rather. And I would say it's even going full remote is getting a little bit more understanding, but it's probably less less so. But even like a lot of people who haven't experienced that, they sort of have to almost get comfortable with the idea that they're not going to be right next to their colleagues all the time. It's, I think it goes back to culture. So if you're in like a company that values remote work, that understands it, that may have been originating with remote work in mind, then you're going to have a lot better time and it's going to be a lot more acceptable and it's going to be a lot more successful. Uh, for example, like Yahoo, they, in a few years ago, actually took out remote work because they thought it was people were less efficient. So um, Marissa Meyer, the creator, or not, was the CEO of the time of Yahoo, not the creator, of course. But she said some of the best decisions and insights come from hallway and cafeteria discussions, meeting new people and impromptu team meetings. Speed and quality are often sacrificed when we work from home. There's been like surveys on both sides that say that when people work from home, they're either less organized or less performant. They get less done. Like one survey I saw that said that people who went into the office got more done, 50% were more productive. Then again, I've seen other surveys of where it's just the exact opposite. But I think it comes down to the organization and the culture that you create. If you create and hire for people that are very accountable, that are that their nexus of control is, is within themselves and they don't need a lot of prompting, 
then you can have a really efficient workforce that works from home. And a lot of people say maybe there's uh, maybe the best way to work from home is if half the people work from home a few days a week and then you come into the office a few days. Yeah, and I, I think that's sort of a, a healthy medium too. But like that quote that you just gave from the the former Yahoo CEO of, you know, the best insights from meeting new people and impromptu team meetings. I don't want to meet new people and I don't want impromptu team meetings because I want to get my work done. <laughs> so maybe, maybe her and I don't see things the same. And that's not to say I'm trying to be antisocial, but I, I need to work with the people I need to work with. I don't necessarily need to be going to desks and dealing with all that, but it is kind of strange that there, there really hasn't been a, like you could go and find that, this says 50% more are productive when they're in the office. I bet we could Google and find one that says 50% more are not productive. And there really isn't an answer, which probably means that they probably break about even. It sort of depends on the individual. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think for like me personally, I'm more productive at home working up to a certain point. Like I have kids. So when my kids get home around three or four, it's really hard for me to be as productive as I was like nine or 10 o'clock in the morning when they're at school. So it, it kind of depends on like the time of day for me and how I'm feeling. Most days, I think I can just focus and work. Um, then again, um, one, one bad thing about working from home, we'll get into the pros and cons a little bit, but I, I definitely feel like I'm missing some of those water cooler conversations that are happening between the people that are at my work. So unless they have specific meetings for where they tell me about these things that are happening, I feel like I'm kind of out of the loop and I'm one of those people that really value information because I think information is power. And I also like to know what's happening in the office. I like to know that, Oh, this so-and-so person went home sick or this so-and-so like we decided to make this decision because this happened. And, and if you're not in the office, you may miss some of those conversations, things like that. The good organizations that are really tightly remote, they might have a lot of those conversations on Slack, but I've, I've noticed at least, uh, one small downside is I'm missing those conversations. Yeah, I know. I know one thing that I particularly like about remote um, is other than like sort of quality thing is that every developer will tell you about how much they hate meetings. And I don't know about you, but every organization I've been at, there's probably one in three meetings I actually need to be in. And being not being in the room allows me just to throw it up on one monitor and keep doing what I need to do. And I sort of just wait for someone to ask me directly something and answer, which um, I don't know. I think some, sometimes we'll make up for some of that productivity, but if you're attending the meeting, like you normally would uh, in person um, might, might change a few things, might change it a little bit. It seems like anytime we have a meeting in my work, a remote meeting like that, there's always one person that you go, hey, John, what about this? And then it's like a 10-second pause. John? Oh, hey, oh, I was on mute. Sorry, sorry. Or you'll get, uh, can you repeat the question? <laughs> like, it's like always happens. John's over there watching YouTube. Just <laughs> <laughs> and, I've, and I've done that before, too. It's, it's funny. And then there's always one person that has like a problem with their microphone or they can't yeah. hear you or, or oh they have to like start it. It's 2019, people. It's 2019. Let's get our mics proper. Let's stop being on mute. Okay. Like, come on, man. Like it drives me nuts. Or like, you'll, you'll have one person talking and then someone will have their mic on, on like, they'll have it on when it shouldn't be on. And then you'll just hear someone yelling at their kids in the background or like a lawnmower going off. It's like, come on people, let's get it together. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm glad they made software nowadays that you can mute different channels. You can mute people that are being way too loud or noisy. I remember, yeah, I've seen that exact same thing, like kids being yelled out in the background, and it's pretty funny. Any, anyways, that's a little bit of a tangent. Yeah, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of like um, you know, I talked a little bit about money because uh, I just happened to do that recently, but there's a lot of quality of life, I guess is what you want to call it, when it comes to working remote. I know for me, the, um, you know, I, off, I have like my, my, you're, you know, a lot of people's their home developers. They're like, their home is their castle, right? Their home is their, like, this is where they're probably most comfortable, especially as introverts. And like, for me, there's that sort of relaxing factor of, I can just go down to my kitchen to have lunch and I don't have to run out and, and sort of have my personality on all the time, I guess. Now, do you have, when you do your meetings, does your company force the camera to be on? I've had, I've worked at a couple of places or known a couple of places that make your camera on when you do meetings. Yeah. So, um, I, I, they, I haven't had that happen except at my an old workplace, but I do always have my camera on because I do want to be seen. I do want to see that, like, that I am here, I am working, I am like, I, I, I think, so I think one of going to like one of the cons of remote is that oftentimes when companies are cutting people remote sort of the first to go because they're not seen as much it's much easier they don't have those sort of personal relationships so i always try to have my camera on always try to um, have calls and reach out and talk about these things and i think it's important right i'm not saying like i'm over here all dolled up you know sometimes i'll just have a a regular t-shirt on but um it's it's something that I personally go out of my way to do, but I would say that I'm the minority in that aspect. There's always every meeting I'm in, there's always like five people. There's one person with a camera on and everybody else has their camera off and on mute. Yeah, I'm I'm that one guy. <laughs> I think it's good. I think that's good. I think I should probably start doing it more too. That that is absolutely true. Building those personal connections and maybe just seeing a face. You could just connect more with people and you can see their expressions. And that's why when we do this podcast where we use something called Zoom, but we both have our cameras on so we can kind of gauge our, what we're talking about and see how the other person reacts. Yeah, it's always funny too, because like, even if you make that policy, people don't follow it. And then it's kind of awkward, like, hey, turn your camera on, I want to see you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's kind of uncomfortable. But like, uh, but I mean, that's, it's every, uh, every place that I've had that's like, oh, well, we want our cameras on so that, but it always never works out. People eventually just start turning their cameras. Like it's like naturally people, you know, people aren't like us where we are throwing hundreds of videos out on the internet. You know, we're, we're the exception to the norm. Uh, they're, you know, people are want to make sure that they're Instagram ready and like all that sort of stuff. But um, I don't know. Have you ever been in an office where they have office hours where like one or two people just leave their camera on all like for three hours and anybody can just jump on? and talk to them i've seen this happen a few times i've so i know at, at one point uh an organization i worked for I tried to do it with some um a team that was contracting with us it just never worked out it was always just like you know internet was bad or somebody wasn't there and it 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 feels so big brotherish too like like it's it's the equivalent of being video recorded to make sure that you're doing your job is what it feels like and it's not not very very cool like i i don't know like i don't need you to record me and do my job if you don't respect me as an employee and you don't think that i'm an adult and will deliver a quality product then we probably shouldn't be working together 
Yeah, exactly. I agree. I've, I've, I knew like this was years ago when people started getting more into doing remote work. One of the, I, I worked with this guy and one of the things they did was every day he would get online, turn on his camera, turn on his Skype or Google Hangouts so that he was ready for anybody to join and, and he was just like recorded all day. And then of course, Big Brother is on his computer too, like checking how many keystrokes he's writing and people can like bring up this, what he's on and I'm like, that's just too much. That's way too much. Yeah. And there's, I think I just saw recently that $300 million was invested in startups that to do exactly that, that will take like pictures of your screen every five seconds and you can kind of see what page people are on. And like, here's the thing is if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing 95% of the time, you should be thankful. Like, like, like I'll I'll be honest. I check my email every day. I'm at work. I do. I get emails. Oh, cool. I'm going to respond back to the sponsor. I have no shame in that. No problem. I'm a salaried employee. I'll, I'll get my work done and I don't need you. I don't need somebody hovering around me to make sure. Now, if I'm doing 5% work, 95% emails and I'm I'm over here building courses and doing YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah. We're going to have problems but that. My work's going to reflect that. Yeah. I've, I've seen people, I were actually work once with a contractor and this is going a little into tangent land, but why not? That literally they had a program that would move their mouse that would notify the Slack. So that way they never looked like they were offline. They were doing every trick in the book because they weren't working and you know, they were never available when you actually did try to contact them on Slack. I had a buddy too. Well, not a buddy, but I knew someone from a few jobs ago that he had this remote software on his computer, like VNC or something. One day he's like, oh, can you turn on my computer? I can't VNC into my computer. I'm like, okay. I turned it on and I saw him VNC into his computer. And then that was it. He just left it on. He never did anything. He just like VNC'd in the computer to, because I could actually see it because normally his monitor is off, but I could actually see it and he wasn't doing anything. And so there's people that are going to abuse the system. I think accountability is really important if you trust but verify. So, but I would say at the point where you're installing like spyware on people's computers, that's too much. Yeah, and if if someone's doing a shitty job, just get rid of them. Like it's like <laughs> I don't know. Like you don't. You're. I mean, in America, we're an at will employer for most companies, and if someone's doing a bad job, there's really very little to stop an employer from getting rid of you. And so it's up to you to do a good job and it's up to you to, to do your job. And if you're not meeting it, programming is a little bit unique in that, that aspect because every, you could have two developers, the same title and one can do twice as much as the other sort of a strange, strange profession, but yeah, no, um, no spyware. Uh, <laughs> but how, uh, how do you determine though? Like, how do you know if someone's doing a good job or not? It's just how, cause you can't really, you can't say lines of code because <laughs> no. you know, someone could create thousands of lines of code and they're just garbage. You can't really say like, maybe you could track like how fast they're getting their pull requests and, and tickets done. I mean, this is a larger conversation. It's, it's a difficult process to like determine the words of a, of an employee. Obviously if they're not doing their work and they're not getting anything turned in, that's a pretty good clear indication that they need to go. Yeah. And, and depending on the role, there's a lot of things that, you know, like I probably have a 
relatively low output than I'm accustomed to, but my low output might be equal to other people's. But that's because maybe even though I have the same senior dev role as another senior dev, I'm maybe mentoring him and the, and some contractors and I'm, I'm, you know, taking care of some stuff in terms of technical debt and architecting things. So it's sort of, it's a hard question to ask. And I really think that's where it sort of goes up to your superiors and how they do it. And it's, you know, who your direct superior is that says, this is what I value and this is what I want he or she to be doing. And you can't really say it on sort of a, like a industry scale, but, um, Let's talk more about remote. <laughs> uh, so we talked about some pros. Obviously, there's commute time. You don't have to put that strain on your car. And um, flexibility is a big one, although a lot of places nowadays are pretty flexible with you as employees. Have you, I, you know, I used to work at a place where I was in a call center. I can never even leave to go to the, to go to the bathroom without having, like, somebody checking up on me after if I was gone too long. But, uh, yeah, I, I think... You get it, you know, as a developer, we get flexibility working from home as a developer. You have like the ultimate amount of flexibility. Like there's really no one even checking on you, which is really good. Yeah. And like, um, I know that there's been some times where I've needed to run errands over lunch. So it's going to run a little bit later that I wouldn't have been able to do if I was in the office. And so oftentimes I'll just ping my boss and say, Hey, I'm running it to the DMV. And so my lunch is going to run, run late. And so you know, if you have to get a package delivered or whatever that, you know, whatever crap happens, life happens, right? You have that flexibility, um, you know, and obviously another pro is that you don't feel like you have someone looking over your shoulder all the time, which by the way, if you have to work remote so that you don't feel that way with your superior, um, remote's not necessarily going to change that if that's the environment you're in, but that some people, some, some of us devs are a little neurotic, so maybe that could be part of it. <laughs> Yeah, just let us do our work. Don't bother us. Yeah, I know. I know. Probably the thing I like most about working remote is just that um, April's here because she's studying, going to go to coding boot camp, and um, I'm able to. You know, I take walks about every hour. I go step away for five, ten minutes, get up, stand up, stretch, um, go get something from the cafeteria if I'm in the office, whatever it is, um, and just being able to do that at home and see, you know see what she's up to say hello to my dog, all that sort of stuff. It gives me a second to sort of unwind um, that I normally would do in the office slightly more in a much better way. Like I, I much prefer going to lunch with my girlfriend than my coworkers. Not because I don't like my coworkers, but I just happen to like her more. And so <laughs> it's how that works. But um, so we shouldn't just paint that remote work is sort of this silver bullet to corporate happiness or you know employee happiness because it's it's not for everybody yeah i sometimes find working from home is a little lonely especially if you don't have that spouse in the house at the same time or they're running errands or sometimes um you know i love my spouse and sometimes i need to be away from her so <laughs> kind of like being in the same i used to work and live with my uh, now wife and that was a lot of time together and and it was nice at times but sometimes you don't want to be next to each other and sometimes you want human contact from other people so i i think that's part of the a negative yeah i i can definitely uh, attest to that is that sometimes um like if she wasn't here who like who else would i 
spend time with like <laughs> during the day like sometimes it's nice to go in and um just see people and go to lunch with people and um you know and sort of that separation in that sense sort of leads us to our next point is that most of the time it's a little less team cohesion because you aren't you know if you're not careful you're not spending as much time together you're not sort of bonding and and as a team as much as you should be yeah i've definitely felt that at times not being able to be in the same room as as people you're just not going to have as as deeper meaningful relationships depends you know some people i'm a, i'm more of an introverted person so i get a lot of energy being alone and working by myself but even i need some time with some other people in my work and and i, I definitely enjoy building those relationships and being at home you can't do that yeah and i th- i think it's important to mention that i know it's this may be my opinion but i don't recommend remote for junior or mid-level devs i think i think once you're at a senior dev level that remote is a great option part of the great one of the greatest resources you can get is being in the office and learning from the devs around you as a junior developer to really skip you know to step up your game and you know as you work remote you need to already be at a sufficient level where you don't you don't get stuck anymore. It's just a, you know, you have a, might have a roadblock, but you don't get stuck. And I, I think, you know, you really need to consider that because a lot of people, when they're like, I just want to be a remote dev, it's like, well, hold, hold up, Pimpin. Let's, uh, let's get you in the office for a couple of years, get some skill under your, under your feet, and then maybe do remote. That kind of goes into the next part with, it's remote jobs are super competitive. They're really hard for the most part to get. And, you know, if you don't have much experience or any experience, it's uh, it's really, really hard to get a remote job. I've heard a couple of people, you know, there's always exceptions to the rule. You might be it. If you start blasting your resume out and you've never had professional experience, you might get a remote job. But if a company hired me right out of school or right out of a coding boot camp or and I didn't have any experience and they wanted everything to do remote, I would say no. Like this is, I want to be in the office. I want to be next to other people and learn. There, there is some tools where you can do screen sharing, things like that, but it's not the same as actually being next to somebody. Yeah, and I, I would probably say that the majority of companies that are going to hire a inexperienced dev to do full, full remote is probably far and few between and not roles that may be available in six months. Like, <laughs> like the company may not be around. Um, but it is, it is sort of an interesting uh, thought process thought in that aspect did you ever apply for fully remote jobs i did actually before i accepted my current role so i think it's a one one place i did that i sort of uh, my former boss went and got a fully remote job when he left the company that we were working at and um, stack overflow actually has a remote only section and so i started applying for there and it was very competitive very competitive and i would say probably the the more likely scenario for a lot of developers to start to sort of get their toes wet is take your existing job and ask to work remote once or twice a week. And chances are it'll probably work out. It's much easier to take a role that you were in person for and transition it to remote than it is for you to go and find a fully remote role. And by the way, big companies like Google, Facebook, a lot of the Fang type companies out there, they don't offer remote full-time. It's almost... 100% 100% you have to be in the office and maybe if you work your way up you can start working from home a day or two a week which is unfortunate because a lot of those great companies those great big tech companies 
are in some of the most expensive places to live. And it just makes it so hard to want to work at a place like that. Like, and I, I would, I'd love to at some point work at like a giant tech company like that and just see what it's all about. But I don't, wouldn't like to do that in New York. I wouldn't like to do that in San Francisco and be broke. I would not like to do it here, nor there, nor anywhere. Mm-hmm. Dylan, I am. <laughs> um, yeah, one additional thing is that probably as you move up in an organization is that remote option is going to become less and less of a thing. You know, oftentimes as developers, we can be remote, but management typically wants you to be in the office. They typically want that. Part part of it is that you, as as you become more of a, a, a manager or a tech lead, even depending on the organization, is that they're going to want you there because you're going to be overseeing some stuff and you're going to be providing direction and mentoring and you're going to be involved in even more meetings. And, um, you know, a lot of these business people that are your, your business analysts, scrum manager, scrum masters, project managers, stakeholders, they're in the office and they want you to be in the office and they're going to call you on that. So it might limit your ability to move up unless you start, if you're, unless you're okay transitioning and being on site more often. I've had that happen. Yeah. I've definitely seen that managers work in the office unless you you have a completely remote team that would be like an exception but that doesn't not too many companies that have every single position remote it's it's happening a little bit more and more uh but it's definitely not going to be the com- common thing i i happen to be on a team there but even then we're working remote all from the same city or same two cities where it's like we can still occasionally will need to come in for meetings when the big bosses call and so it's 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 one of those things I, 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 it's so strange to me because we could basically do our job anywhere in the world. Like I could be in Taiwan right now and do my job on a laptop uh, versus having to be in the Tampa area. But businesses have, and I, I wonder if this is true, but these larger businesses as a, it costs more and more to house people. They're being more and more open to remote because of the, the, the lowering of the overhead of having to have these offices. I've heard of some companies, they'll do it a couple of different ways. Like if they have remote workers, they'll either be all in the same area or they'll have to be plus or minus two hours. They'll have to work plus or minus two hours from the time that everybody else works. Hmm. So, you, you know, if you're in the East Coast and you're working for a West Coast company, you might have to start your day later in the day or, or vice versa. And then I've also heard where companies to pay less for their remote workers. So if they notice you live in North Dakota, and the cost of living is most people in your city make $70,000 a year. They may not give you the San Francisco $110,000 salary. They may give you like the $75,000 salary, which is not uh, ideal. And you have to really push to get those high paying remote um, jobs. And then I've seen a lot of companies too, where they won't hire remote without um, being, if you're, we're talking about us here, they won't hire foreign workers because they don't want to go through the h1 visa headaches and, and get a visa for that person so that's a couple more thoughts in my head have you ever had a have you ever deal with a team that just worked at totally different time zone and there's problems talking to them yeah yeah i've had to deal with um not necessarily team members and it's like full-time salary it's sort of traditional sense but oftentimes um, most of your teams will be made up of portion salaried and portion vendors and contractors and i've had teams in chile i've had teams in india i've had teams in the philippines and some of those like 
Chile wasn't too bad because they're somewhat in the same time zone. But when you start moving over to where you're talking about 10, 12 hour differences, uh, all of a sudden you have one to two hours that overlap and you wake up and it's like they've had a full day and you're just getting started and vice versa. And that can add some whole complexity as well. That's oh, all let me ask you one, one more thing. Uh, Slack. So I think I've seen too where you have to be more connected if you're working remote. And I've seen people put their Slack on their phones you have to kind of check in more often. And then I've seen other people like, nope, I don't want to put Slack on my phone. Yeah, I think it depends on you as an individual. Like I just had a, a new tech lead start two weeks ago. Um, and I, I just informed him like, hey, I don't put any messaging crap on my phone. So if there's ever a thing where you need to get a hold of me, call me. I'll pick up and I'll do what I need to do. That's just sort of my professional standard is you need to call me if something blows up because otherwise if it's not important enough to call but yeah you do need to at least while you're working you need to have access to that because people do need to get a hold of you because you don't have a desk that they can just walk over and see what's going on so i know you know slack you might have teams or google chat whatever it is but there will be some chat items that you're going to need and you're going to need to have your email up and you're going to need to have your chats and you know, I think when people first starting remote, they're very neurotic about like, I have to immediately write back so that I, people can see that I'm here, I'm here right now, right here, right now. Um, as you sort of relax a little bit, uh, you know, you'll be more okay responding back in two, three minutes or five minutes as you go and you know, uh, go get a coffee or something like that. I've been like so focused on my work a few times. I'll be like writing and, and just writing in, in the zone coding and my boss will message me and I won't get back to him for like 15 minutes. I'm like, sorry, I was in the, in the zone. So like, leave me alone. I'm trying to work y'all. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what you're trying to do, but I know what I'm trying to do right now. You can also set your status too. When you're working like that, you can put yourself away or you can put yourself busy or something. At least that way your teammates know not to bother you. Or if they, if they do try to bother you, they'll, they'll know you can't respond right away. Yeah, you could also just leave it in that status 24-7. So you never Some get people do that, yeah. Some people's name is always, like in Slack, it always looks like they're offline until you message them and then they'll message you back. So you never, you can't like tell if they're, you know, if they're working or not. But yeah, so uh, I think that's our remote episode, unless you got anything else. That's it. All right. Good luck getting those remote jobs, guys. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for watching. If you want to find more about what I'm up to, go to dylanisrael.com. And if you want to know what I'm up to, you can check out my website at eric.video. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And if you do, you might even be featured on our next episode. Don't forget to check out the website at selftaughtornot.com. From there, you can sign up for a mailing list where we give away free courses and a bunch of cool stuff. And we'll also let you know when the next episode comes out. And finally, if you didn't know, we have a Facebook group. It's called Code Tech and Caffeine. We have over 10,000 members. And you can find the link at selftaughtornot.com. So come join us. We have tons of developers willing to help you guys, mentor you guys. Check it out. Just make sure you go to selftaughtornot.com and check out the Code Tech and Caffeine link. Thanks and take care.